Hi, you're listening to Delusional Optimism with Dr. B, where we explore human resiliency and learn how people thrive even after adversity. We break down the complexities of the human brain so concepts are simple and relatable. It's fun and empowering to understand how your earliest experiences influence your relationships today. What makes you tick? Dr. B is a speaker, trainer, and consultant who understands emotions and human development from the inside out. Let's dive into today's episode. Here's Dr. B. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting kids electronic use or screen time in perspective. If you're interested in furthering this conversation, please email me at contact at drbconnections.com. Or if you want to know more about me, go to my website at www.drbconnections.com. All right, now let's get started. All right, so this episode is going to be about getting kids electronic use in perspective, also known as screen time. The problem is that parents, particularly pre-COVID, worry a lot about how much time their kids spend on screens, whether they're phones, computers, laptops, even television. I talk to people all the time who worry about how often their children use electronic devices. TV, videos, video games, social media, TikTok, FaceTime, etc., etc., Instagram, Facebook although I hear Facebook's for old people. But but anyway, the worry is that, you know, how much is too much? We understand the world's changed, but at the same time, it can sometimes seem excessive. It's a totally legitimate concern. We want children to be well-rounded and balanced and more than just a face and a phone because we've all walked up and seen, you know, kids are just face in the phone. In reality, so are a lot of adults. We struggle with this in just normal times, the best of times. Now kids are out of school due to COVID. So we're no play dates, there's no sports, there's no movies. Even most parks and jungle gyms are taped off like crime scenes. So here's my personal take on this, my personal experience. I think about excessive screen time impacting life today in three different ways. Maybe you'll relate to one, maybe you'll relate to all three. First, it's in terms of myself. I've always had an opinion about children watching TV, playing video games, and spending time on phones. You know, I didn't grow I grew up with TV, obviously, but video games and phones and cell phones and smartphones all came into existence in my adulthood. So it's a different experience for me, and I have adapted because humans are adaptable, and I too today can't imagine living without my smartphone or without my laptop. However, I've also thought about this because I am a, you know, child development person, clinical psychologist, so I think about the impact of these things on people's lives. I wanted to really understand the impact of violence on children when they watch TV, when they watch movies. Same with, you know, I worried about violence in video games and their safety with smartphones, especially, you know, we get, we got into having cell phones. I think my, my youngest son, who is a general Zer, 
So I think he had his first cell phone when he was seven, which is crazy. He didn't even use it. It was more like this parent pressure thing so that he would have something that he could call us if he needed to, if he got kidnapped. But I look back on that and think about how how ridiculous kind of that was that we got sucked into that marketing because in reality, he was never without us anyway, other than in safe places where he wouldn't have needed to be. Why would we let a seven-year-old be in charge of his own safety when he's alone? Anyway, sidebar on that. But so the violence around television, you know, if that were the case, if violence were the indicator that proved that if you watch violence on TV or if you play violent video games, then you're going to go out and commit those same kind of violent acts, then we would actually be in a much more violent society. I mean, people do play violent video games and watch violence on TV all the time. And even though, yes, we do, and it can certainly be argued that we live in a violent society, the cause of that is not from TV or video games. That's just always been something that I've been interested in and and talked about because especially as my children were little, that was a very big conversation that families also had with each other around, do you let your kids even watch TV? Do you let your kids play with, play video games at all, let alone violent video games? So we'll get back to, we'll get back to some of the responses to this in a minute. My second worry about screen time and this excessive use of screen time, particularly during right now or while we're sheltering in place and COVID-19 is that I worry about my son. He's already an avid gamer. He's born, like I said, a Gen Z. So technology is already part of, it's just part of his being. It's who he is. Uh, When I learned that he was going to be doing his entire credential program online and at the same time being a teacher in training but teaching his students virtually as a student teacher, I was worried because I thought, you know, he already is fairly isolated in some ways just because of, you know, being out of school Now, everything he does is going to be online, including what he does for entertainment. So as a parent and a psychologist, I wondered if this was too much screen time. And and he's 23. So should I be worried? Oh, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But that, that was another one of my worries. So how much is too much, even for somebody who's grown up with uh, technology? So then my third my third question and, and worry was my granddaughter. And some of you will relate to this more in terms of your children because of the age difference. But my granddaughter is my other concern. And she she's in the at the beginning of 2020, she was enrolled in a bilingual TK program or TK classroom until COVID-19 hit. And then she was home. She's an only child. All of a sudden, we're all exposed to the stressors of the really the unknown. And Charlie, too, she was born into the tech world. I mean, literally that her generation, she's five, turning six. 
don't really recognize technology as something different than part of their body. Like the cell phone is just an extension of almost who they are in some ways. I have a funny story about that. When she was about maybe not even quite two years old, she she said, Bibi, she calls me Bibi. She said, Bibi Peppa, Bibi Peppa. And she wanted me to put Peppa Pig on my phone. And I'm like, I have no idea what Peppa Pig is. And I certainly didn't know how to get it on my phone. So I say, I'm so sorry, baby. I don't know how to do it. And her mama wasn't there at the moment. And so I kind of tossed my phone back on, on the bed where she was and she picked it up. And within about five minutes, all of a sudden I hear Peppa Pig on my phone and she had figured out how to get it going. And I didn't even know where it was on my phone. So it's it really is amazing how technology is wired into the early brain through experiences of young children today because they've had access to it from from the get-go. So Charlie's born into this, you know, tech world like many like many many children are. And the challenge for parents and grandparents like me is to make sure that she has experiences still with messy things and being outdoors and having adventures. Because really, because there are so many things today that they can miss or avoid because they can actually do them on a computer or they can do them on the TV or they can do them on their phone. So ironically, all the things that we used to play like Yahtzee or Jenga or go out and people can play... um, any sport, basketball, golf, bowling, now you can play online. And so you don't have to be, you can even surf or skateboard on a video game today. It's pretty amazing. But where's the balance? Like, is that cool or is that okay to have kids play Jenga online instead of play Jenga with the real blocks? I mean, granted, it's a totally different experience if you play Jenga using an electronic device than if you play Jenga on a kitchen table. However, having been in this situation with my granddaughter, it's fascinating because I've played more Yahtzee with her online and we both have such a great time doing it. And now we play golf online. I've never golfed in my entire life for real. And I think my favorite quote unquote outdoor game online is golfing. And so it's, it's, it really is fascinating to get to learn how to relate to somebody in their world. And for me, that says, yes, it's, that's good screen time because that screen time is building our relationship and keeping us connected. Now, of course, we still do have to do all the other things that are, you know, that she's going to need to learn from me, the messy things, the, you know, baking cookies or playing in the dirt and gardening and, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you want to teach your kids and pass on to them. Hello, leave a life print. Those are important things that you share with them too. COVID-19 has transformed how we do everything right now. 
At first, it seemed a little unreal, and I don't think anyone thought it would go into this complete global transformation. I can tell you for sure that I did not think that it would go on this long at this level and that it would change so many things on a really permanent basis because I don't think we're going back to, quote, the norm. I think we've got some serious, we've already made some transitions, some real life transitions. So COVID brings with it this, you know, it's sort of mysterious in March and there's this weird new disease out there that people could get. And those of us who had seen the movie Contagion are like, you know, our ears are peaked about, you know, could that really happen? And sure enough, all of a sudden, everyone is really buried in their cell phones for both information and you know, and into their screens for work and entertainment. So I really, I really started, my interest started peaking around COVID. I was traveling for work and I was in Chicago and I swear we were, I happened to be traveling with uh, somebody who was a public health nurse and he was getting updates on COVID-19 just continuously. And from at the beginning of our trip, it wasn't happening that often. And by the time we were at the end of our trip, it was kind of regular, consistent. And we were all thinking, wow, this is so, this is so bizarre. But we weren't in a place where there had been any COVID-19 diagnoses yet. Or, you know, and we came home and we weren't sheltering in place in our county yet. However, five days later, I think we were. So it was. it's really interesting how things transpired. But what's really important to know about screen time and about kids and about, you know, when life changes, and especially in a really dramatic, traumatic way, potentially, when parents are stressed, kids are stressed. And COVID-19 has caused an inordinate amount of uncertainty in our lives. I mean... Hello, remember the toilet paper chaos? Let's just start there. But there are people who already struggled with food insecurity, and now we've amped that up to a whole new level. And then add to it the civil unrest that was sparked by the George Floyd murder. Then follow that with expansive wildfires, especially in the state of California, but other places as well. And then those wildfires on top of the COVID-19 quarantines create this space where now you you not only can't go outside because of COVID-19 and be around people, but you literally can't even go outside by yourself because the air quality was so bad and the smoke is so thick. And literally that's still going on here for many of us in California. So we have these expansive wildfires going. People are really much more sheltered in place, literally in the house with their people. And we're going into fall still virtual. I mean, we're still living in our virtual worlds at work and at school. We're really no closer to the quote unquote norm than we were in March. So we're, kids are not in their classrooms. They're not on campuses. And many of us are not at work in our offices. We are at home working remotely. So what does that mean in terms of stress and anxiety? We also have a 
ton of political unrest. We're coming up into an election. Literally, we're 46 days, I think, away from an election, a presidential election, no doubt. So that is stressful, especially considering the situation that we're in. And then, oh, dread, dread. We lose our beloved and brilliant Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice, who's really transformed the lives of women in America. And that's just a sad, stressful event. We've, we've really lost a national treasure. What do we do with that? We've, we were already sort of at the bottom of the barrel, and now we're even deeper in the mud. So what's the solution? Why why do I feel optimistic even though all of these things are just compounding each other? Well, one of the reasons is remember that humans are adaptable. And I know this, I believe this. We are in a period in our history where we need to pivot and lean into technology and change. And guess what? We're doing it. We've been doing it. A lot of people were even were even liking it. I, I mean, I find myself surprised at how much I really enjoy, even though I have dogs all over my house who want in and out of my office every 15 minutes. I enjoy being home and working with my dogs and on a, you know, they lay on their dog bed in my office. So, so we, we are adjusting. We're making accommodations for ourselves and the people in our lives so that we can be together and we're spending more time together. We're wasting less time commuting and that frees up more time for us to do things like, okay, screen time. So, There's no need for parents to feel guilty about letting kids lean into technology too. Being connected and staying social, even if it's over a screen, is better than being lonely or feeling isolated. Life is really about being a good communicator. But communication comes in so many forms. It comes, we can communicate in person, we can communicate in writing, And we can communicate online and virtually, which is how these younger generations, millennials, Gen Zs, and and the next generations are already such great communicators across the globe. You know, where we used to think it was, you know, crazy to be able to communicate with somebody in another country, they're communicating with people around the world all the time through online gaming and other virtual experiences. So what we know about the research is that staying connected in loving ways to people is much more powerful than a screen. We're not going to, if we stay connected to kids and if we talk to children, then that's the most important thing in terms of building their resilience and helping them to stay healthy. Children and teens do know the difference between online violence and intention. And even though I really don't love violent video games, and I think parents should definitely have conversations with kids about the messaging and the content in 
a lot of video games today or even movies, they should have those conversations regardless. But it's the relationship that parents have with children and the conversation that parents have with children and adults have with children that's really the fertile terrain for learning. And what we want children to learn is how to think about these really hard and difficult situations that arise when somebody treats another person violently or when somebody treats somebody in a way that's not equitable. Those are things that are important and we don't spend anywhere near enough time talking about our values around that, but that's what some of this, I'll just even sometimes call it garbage on TV or on video games, opens the door for us as parents to have these kinds of conversations with our kids because what we talk to them about is what's going to stick as they grow up if we have that relationship with them. So I'm optimistic about the resilience of children even who even when they're spending excessive time on screens because that's just how our life is right now. And one of the things that we can do to step away from our life and the stress in our lives is to just zone into to Facebook, Instagram, maybe a movie, maybe a TV series, whatever. There are so many options available to us that that's a way for us to just really unwind and disconnect from the stressors. And people need to do that. And it's okay. It's not going to harm them. The other thing is there's a lot to learn online and with tech. One, entertaining oneself is a skill. So being able to say, hey, you know what? I need to do blah, 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 and blah. And so why don't you go entertain yourself for a little while? And if a child picks, I'm going to go play a video game on, on their video game system, or I'm going to play Candy Crush on the phone or whatever, let them do it. That's making a choice to entertain themselves. It's okay. Parents need more breaks under this excessive stress as well. We're not exactly, you know, operating at peak momentum because of all the stressors that are happening in our world right now. We really have not experienced this in our lifetime. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And if you've listened to past episodes, you know that uncertainty is a gigantic stressor. So parents, please, I know that it's hard not to feel guilty about loosening the rules on how much screen time we allow, but it really is okay. Kids are balanced by parents who are balanced and healthy. The amount of educational and entertaining content available today is phenomenal. I mean, you can watch you can watch documentaries for days. You can watch TV series about all kinds of things. Uh, you know, I, I want to go off and list just a bunch of shows, but I've been watching a uh, docu-series on The Challenger, and I'm learning all kinds of things that I lived through this experience and didn't know about. And so it's fascinating. So... We need to, you know, let people access this content that we've never had really time to access before because we were always so busy driving or working or doing those kinds of things. 
So we are working, we're parenting, we're teaching, we're keeping up the household, we're trying to keep everything running. And at the same time, we need to take care of ourselves too. Self-care is critical. You hear people talk about it all the time and lots of people aren't really great at doing it. And when we do do it, guess what? We feel guilty. You take a nap in the middle of the day, you feel like a slacker. Or you order out for dinner instead of making dinner or whatever. You know, it, it makes us feel bad. But taking care of ourselves is so important. And if we can think about taking care of ourselves as another extension of taking care of our children, think about it that way because that is really what it is about. Let's talk about the takeaways. The takeaways of this episode in terms of screen time, let yourself off the hook. There's no good that comes from feeling guilty about letting kids have more screen time during COVID-19. It sets you up and your kids up for battles that you don't need to be having. So you know the saying, choose your battles. This is not one of them to choose. Sure, you have to set boundaries around screen time and you can set boundaries around what kind of content it's okay for them to access on their phones or on their computers or on their gaming systems. But don't let screen time just in general be the battle. Find ways to make it, you know, you could have you could have a list of documentaries or educational channels available to kids that they're allowed to access whenever they want to especially with the way the world is right now, that I don't think that's such a bad uh, way to give kids an outlet if they're feeling stressed or feeling anxiety, that they can go to this particular list of material and learn something or be entertained and engaged by something just to sort of relieve their stress. It's a healthy way to relieve stress. It's like reading a book back in, quote unquote, the olden days. Guilt just brings you down and makes you even less available emotionally to your children. So we got to move away from guilt. You know, let ourselves off the hook. Another thing is help your children, like, like I was just saying, make good choices about what they do with their screen time. They can learn a new skill, make a new friend, spend time with their their regular friends, they can play games online and just have fun. There's lots of games. You can do Minecraft. You can do all kinds of gaming things. I'll just say it like that, like an old person gaming online today with other people and you don't necessarily have to know them. Now, depending on the age of your children, you have to monitor those relationships and make sure that they're in parent-protected gaming environments and know how to, you know, know not to give your home address to, to a stranger or to believe that somebody who claims to be a child is really a child. But, you, but that's stuff that we have to do no matter what. That's not just an online thing. We have to do that in the park. We have to do that in our regular life as well. Another takeaway here is remember, learning to entertain oneself is a skill. And parents always say to me, I want my child to entertain him or herself, but then have really big feelings about what their children choose to do to entertain themselves. And 
we have to let go of that. We have to say, if we want you to entertain yourself, then we have to allow you to have some free choice in terms of what you're going to entertain yourself with. Because it's not entertaining yourself if it's not entertaining to the person doing it. So if they choose TV, then you got to let them choose TV. If they choose a video, you got to let them choose the video game. And you can engage in that later with them in a conversation. And another last but not least takeaway is we all need distractions during stressful times. And screen time, self, you know, just being on our smartphone allows us that escape. When we have the ability to just kind of check out of the seriousness of the day, or to engage with people on social media, then that's that's just one of those ways that we escape from our lives for a little bit, and then we can come back and be re-energized to keep going. Recognizing that we are living in uncertain times that causes excessive exhaustion and that we do need to take time to take extra care of ourselves stay hydrated, try to get exercise when and where you can, and be kind to yourselves, be kind to others, talk about your feelings, and stay connected to your kids because the better off you are, the better off they're going to be as well. And you're modeling for them what they are going to take with them down the road. So with that, leave a life print. I love you. Hang in there. And until next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. If you're interested in booking a training, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my website, Dr. B Connections. There's a big button that says book a training with Dr. B. It's that easy. If this show has been beneficial for you, please share it with your friends and family. Spreading the word about the show helps us grow our audience and helps continue to change the world together. Again, thanks so much for listening to Delusional Optimism. Now, go leave a life friend.